پردور پادکست Welcome back to the Peladora podcast. Joined again today with Ross Trainer. Ross, how are you getting on? I'm very good, Mick. How's yourself? Yeah, all good, except for being in the cast, as you may see through the Zoom video. But we're here today to speak about club matters, and we're here to review the club championship in Kildare with Jay McNally in Tyrone with Niall Gartland and with John Gunnigan in Mayo. So we hope you enjoy these. So the Kildare quarterfinals took place this weekend and Jay McNally is back again from Kildare FM to uh, give us an update on how the weekend went. Jay, it was a busy weekend for yourself? Yeah, it was uh, four quarterfinals and the four expected winners and we have uh, a mouthwatering semi-final lined up now after the four quarterfinals this weekend. It was probably the, the four semi-finalists that most people would have predicted after the way the, the group draw panned out and it's the same four sides who were in the semi-finals last year. And there's a, a big gap between this four and the rest of the Kildare Championship as much as uh, some of the other sides have done well at various different stages. Uh, when it comes to the crunch, these are, are no doubt about it, the top four sides in Kildare. And uh, after the, this weekend, now we really do have uh, something to look forward to next weekend now with the semi-finals. Yeah, so you, you, you're right there and you're saying they're, they're quite one-sided in the four games. Um, probably the pick of the matches were yesterday, Mark Moorfield and Justin Bridge and Sarsfield Raheens. Um, Moorfield had a scare. I think Johnstown Bridge started well, but their experience may be told at the end. Yeah, and there would have been question marks now about Moorfield and uh, a few people writing them off, which is never a good thing to do about Moorfield uh, because they hadn't played well a couple of weeks ago against Minute in the group stages. And then the week previous to this game against Johnstown Bridge had actually lost in the group stages against Raheens, which was a major upset. Um, and then, as you said, Johnstown Bridge scored two goals inside the opening eight minutes and led by seven points there at one stage. But um, then over the remaining 50 minutes or so of the game, it was just trademark Moorfields. Um, it was just a, a sort of Moorfield performance that we've seen so often down through the years. Just real hard, working, determined performance. Uh, they cut the Johnstown Bridge lead back to a single point by half time. Um, they'd actually gone in front then by a single point by the time one of their midfielders, Aaron Masterson, was very harshly shown a straight red card. Um, and that maybe would have knocked other sides out of their stride, but, but not this Moorfield team. They just kept going, kept going. And a, a late goal from Niall Hurley-Lynch put the seal on a, on a pretty comfortable win in the end. But um, they have Aino O'Connor, who's just an absolutely top form at the moment. He's a beautiful striker at the ball, and he scored 10 points again in that win. So he's an absolutely uh, hugely important player for, for them. But they had other you know, real kind of stalwarts as well. Adam Tyrrell played well. Kevin Murnahan and Jason Phillips are... The guys have been around a long time now, but uh, just know how to win games, know what to do on these big occasions. And it was that know-how that kind of got them through against Johnstown Bridge in the end. Yeah, if it was a, a harsh enough red card, do you think they will appeal it? Yeah, I, I've seen the replays. There's no doubt about it. They were, <laughs> they were going to appeal it even before having seen the replays himself. I spoke to Ronan Sweeney after the game and uh, he said it's very unlike Aaron Masterson to be involved in anything like that. He, he's a kind of a gentle joint in some ways you know he's definitely not a dirty player and fortunately enough the, the way things are at the moment there was good streaming of the of the game and, and it's a good video and um without wishing to preempt anything i'm sure morefield will, will get them to have a, a look at that and i'd be very surprised i'd have to say now if, if it's not overturned it was uh, he had been shown a yellow card earlier in the game so at an absolute push it maybe was worthy of a second yellow card but even then I'm not quite sure but it certainly didn't warrant a straight red card from what I saw of it so I'd be surprised if he isn't able to play next weekend. 
Uh, Aino uh, Connors form there is an interesting uh, aspect, especially now with his, his father being the county manager. Will he be tempted to come back into the panel? I know he's in it before and maybe didn't enjoy it. Yeah, look, I, I think he's one of the best forwards in Kildare. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Certainly, uh, from a free-taking point of view, he, he is by far the best forward in Kildare. And if, if only just for his free kicks, he, he will be worth excluding in the Kildare team because it's something that Kildare haven't always got right before. He, uh, I suppose he infamously played in that game against Carlo when, when Carlo caused a major upset and he missed the penalty that day and missed three free kicks, I, I think, in the first half, which was just very unlike him. It was just a complete off day, but um, he has shown consistently over the last number of years what he can do in a Moorfield jersey. And you'd imagine with his father being over the Kildare side now as well, that there'd be no better person to get the very best out of him. So, yeah, if I was sitting down to pick a squad and pick a Kildare team from what I've seen in this championship and in other years as well, there's no doubt about it that I'd have Aino O'Connor in the team. So I don't know if that will come to pass. I don't know if it's, uh, he wasn't involved, obviously, in the early stages of the league, wasn't in the panel at that stage. Um, so I'm not quite sure if he, if he will be involved. But uh, as I said, if I, if I was picking a team, I certainly would include him. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And uh, Sarsfields, Raheens, obviously... Um we were talking about Raheens a couple of weeks ago uh, as a team that could could kind of maybe cause a shock. They obviously beat Moorfield in the group rounds, but um, they came up short against Sarsfield there with six points. Yeah, I, I was a little bit unlucky for Raheens uh, going in against Sarsfield because I, I suppose they're they most people's favourites for the championship this year. They're the reigning champions as well. So there was always going to be a huge ask for Raheens. Um, they did it ever so well to beat Moorfield uh, the previous week. That was just a huge, huge victory. Uh, particularly as their, their manager is a Moorfield club man, Frank Hannafy, and has had a great success with Moorfield down through the years. But there's no doubt about it, they're coming side. But, um, you know, they, they, they just, so Sarsfields have that extra bit of quality, not just over Raheens, over many teams within the championship. Um, and Raheens' cause wasn't helped by the loss of talented young forward Mikey McGovern, too. But uh, appears to be a serious enough looking knee injury. And, and you know, I hope he does, he recovers very quickly because he's already had uh, a bad injury on the other knee. Um, previously and he's had a great championship this season and has been a big help for Haynes and a big part of the, the relative success that they've had um, but you know him going off after about 20 minutes was a big big blow to them um, but Sarsfields you know they were really excellent they were 9 points to 3 up at half time Ben McCormick scored a goal within 20 seconds of the second half uh, and they led by 10 at one stage I suppose maybe they slightly took their foot off the pedal then um, Raheem's got a couple of goals back two goals Liam Power and then a Paddy Woodgate penalty in the 50th minute but there was never any sense that Sarsfields weren't, weren't going to win the game uh, they always as I said had that quality in the forward line uh, Barry Coffey came back into the starting lineup. He scored three points in the first half. Ben McCormick kind of picked up the slack then in the second half. He got a goal and two points. Uh, Ray Cahill played very well. Uh, Ronan Fitzgibbon too. Um, uh, Connor Hartley, who's had a superb year and has come on leaps and bounds. He was already a very good player, uh, but he seems to have really matured and come on another level or two in the last 12 months. He, he wrapped things up with an injury time goal. Um, and I thought that the midfield partnership then as well between Matt Bourne and Shea Ryan were, were very, very good for, for Sarsfields as well because uh, they were up against Liam Power of Raheens, who, who has been one of the standout performers of the championship um, this year. So, Matty Bourne and Shea Ryan really had to be at their best, and I think they're pretty close to it as well. And, um, you know, they, they, they are really moving well now going into the semi finals. Shea Ryan's an interesting one, Jared, because he was obviously um, for their underage captaincies. He was captain of underage teams and he kind of went off the panel for a couple of years, but now he seems to come back fitter and stronger and he's been involved with Jack O'Connor at the start. So he's having a good club season there this year. 
Yeah, definitely. And it was actually himself and Conor Hartley would have been Kildare minor captains, joint captains, uh, one of the years there where they won a Leinster title. And uh, so they kind of progressed, uh, you know, almost side by side. Shea went away at different stages, was away traveling and dropped off the Kildare panel for a while. And um, Conor actually had a bad injury as well. He did a cruciate too, so he missed the year at a different stage. Uh, but, but Shea Ryan, I think, again, is another player who's improved hugely. Uh, he's improved physically just as a, you know, as a, as a, 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 he's turned from a teenager now into a, a young man. He's in his early 20s and he's starting to fill out now. He's playing midfield this year as opposed to uh, other years when he's playing wing back or centre back or even full back when he was starting out. Um, and yeah, he's definitely a, a really good, solid performer now for uh, for Sarsfields. And it'll be interesting to see what sort of role he plays for Kildare later in the year because, um, as I said, he, he can fill a variety of roles and a variety of different positions. And I'm sure he's somebody who's uh, kind of high up Jack O'Connor's thoughts. Yeah. And today's games, uh, Selbridge and Clane. Selbridge won 118 to 7 points and a tie winning uh, 19 points to 1 6. That a tie game was, I think, was it around Towers only got one point in the first half? What happened there? Yeah, yeah, that tie just blew them away. Really, it was fifteen points to one at half time, um, and yeah, the game was was pretty much over at that stage. Like a tie only got four points in the second half, but uh, they they took off Niall Kelly, who had scored six points in the first half, very <coughs> excuse me, very early on in the second half. James Eaton as well. So obviously that they, they kind of had one eye on the semi final very early on in the second half, but they played some blistering football early on. Um, Niall Kelly really is in top form at the moment. He, he's scoring so well. Um, Kevin Feely actually completed the full game, which was interesting because it's the Bulls. He's somebody who's had different uh, injury niggles throughout the year. And if, the, if he was still carrying any injury, um, I'm sure it would have been an opportunity maybe to take him out of the firing line early in that second half. But he played the full game, which suggests that he is uh, he, he's fully, fully fit and uh, he's a hugely important performer for them. Um, yeah, so they, they could hardly be much more impressive. They had a, a really tough battle a couple of games ago in the group stages against Klein. They were two points down uh, going into injury time and scored three points in a row to get a win there. And that was a big, big win. And, and, and just mentally for a tie as well, I think that was a, a big win to be able to grind that victory out. Although the, the Klein performance today against Selbridge doesn't suggest a whole lot about Klein. I, I think they're a better team than what they showed today and they really put it up to a tie on that evening uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that was a big occasion for a tie to be able to get through that and I think they've been able to uh, gain an awful lot from that, from that. And, and they appear to be pretty close to full strength now as well in terms of their squad which is uh, a pretty strong looking squad and, and they have plenty of attacking options there. Yeah, and just looking at the semi-finals now, obviously we just said Selbridge had a big win as well. So Sarsfield, the semi-final lineup of Sarsfield against the Thai and Moorfield against Selbridge. Do we think there could be a, a, a break of the Newbridge stranglehold this year, Jerry? Um, we said it last year uh, and it didn't quite pan out that way. It ended up with um, it was, it was Sarsfield beat Selbridge in the semi-finals last year and Moorfield beat a Thai. It's the opposite way around now in the pairings this year. But again, going into the last four last year, we were saying Selbridge and Thai were really moving well and there was a bit of stuttering at different stages from Moorfield and maybe we felt the opportunity was there for for, uh, for, for one of those other sides to get past them. But and again, like Selbridge were so impressive against Klein today. Um, their goalkeeper, Shane, Mc, Shane McNamara, saved a, a penalty after 12 minutes and had Klein scored that, maybe it would have been a different game. But um, after that kind of let off, Selbridge were excellent. They led by seven points to two at half time, and actually there was the exact same score in the, in the third quarter. So they were 14-4 ahead. Um, by midway point in the second half and uh, got, got a goal laid on Tony Archibald and, and under Dave Clare now this year they, they really have kind of um, 
They look an impressive attacking outfit. Paddy Brophy is back fully fit now in the last couple of weeks and is playing very, very well indeed. Um, they've great pace then from the half-back line. Tony Archibald, Kevin Flynn. And, um, you know, if you're just looking at this year's games, you'd probably say that Selbridge maybe will be the favourites against Moorfield. But at the same time, when it comes to these big games and comes to these crunch games, Moorfield's just are you know, they, they are the past masters at just grinding out victories. Um, and the same for a tie against Sarsfields. Uh, Sarsfields, albeit ha- having a, a bit better form throughout the year, Sarsfields probably will be seen rightfully as the favourites there. Um, but until a tie or Selbridge get over one of these two Newbridge teams in one of the big games, they're just going to have that mental block. So, um, uh, as well as both a tie and Selbridge have played this year, I would be loath to go against saying it's going to be another all uh, Newbridge final because. Um, just as I said, just Murfield and Sarsfield are the ones that know how to grind out the victories. And as well as somebody like Selbridge can play on a day like today against Clane when everything is going their way and everything is a kind of free-flowing football and wide open. And uh, they've got some wonderful players on their side. You know, Murfield certainly won't give them that amount of space. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it could be, it should be too mouth-watering semi-finals. Um, you could easily, both games could easily go either way. They really could. So it's going to be just a very exciting afternoon at St. Collins Park. So, so, so a different year, but nothing's changing, Jer. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> as I said, as I said, like until Sebridge or a tie, just get a big victory over one of these Newbridge teams in one of these big games, whether it's a a knockout tie or a semi final or a final, then they're just going to have that hurdle to clear. It's going to be something that I think that's just a stuck as a mental block and something that uh, the two Newbridge sides are able to hold over them. But no, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised at any results in any of the games, and, and wouldn't even maybe rule out. Uh, a penalty shootout to separate uh, one of the games as well because it's going to be a, a, just as I said a really exciting exciting day I think of action next Saturday afternoon in St. Connors Yeah, will they get the semi-final and final run off before the inter-county season kicks off? Yeah, that's what it appears they're, they're doing now yeah, so there was kind of talk at one stage as if they were going to hold things over and put a pause on things after the quarterfinals and come back after the inter-county season and um, I talked to a few people I don't think there was a massive appetite for that. <clears throat> um, you know, <laughs> again, you can never look too far ahead with Kildare, but I suppose the way the draws panned out, there is a possibility of, of at least making a Leinster final and extending the inter-county season right up to the end of November. Um, so you can be talking about maybe coming back for you know a mid-December county final. And I don't know how uh, pe- people would have felt about that. Uh, so it appears, yeah, definitely the semi-finals are fixed for next Saturday afternoon, uh, and then it appears then the final will be the following weekend. So it will mean six weeks in a row for the the two finalists, and um, which is a big ask, I suppose, because obviously it's a it's been a strange year. There hasn't been much football played up to that point, um, and there was the extra lockdown then within Kildare as well. Uh, but I think I think generally people seem pretty happy uh, at the fact that it's just going to be run off and, and get completed in the space of six weeks. Um, albeit you know it'll be tough on the players and, and probably not ideal in, in the perfect world but unfortunately this year it's been far from perfect yeah, we might check in with you next week to see how the semi-finals on thanks for that great stuff lads thanks very much cheers um, yeah well it was it was, uh, it was kind of stuff it's in for Indiana they hadn't won a championship in 64 years and they hadn't reached the senior final since 1986, and as recently as 10 years ago, they were playing in Division 3, which is the lowest tier in Toronto. So they've really come out of nowhere in the past couple of years. You know, they, they achieved promotion from intermediate level two or three years ago, and people thought they did well then in Division 1, just to complete and finish mid-table. Then this year, they've just been uh, incredible. Um, brilliant story, you know, but you know, fair play. Man. And tell us about the game, uh, Niall. 
was it was it end to end? It seemed the Trillic went ahead, but just couldn't shake them off. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, Trillic started uh, very um, very strong. In fairness, you know, we had the you know Rory Rory Brennan, the throne player. Um, he was he started very well. He was actually man the match in last year's county final. Because Trillic Raymond had become the first team um, since Carrick Moore in 2005 to actually attain the title. So he did very well just in the back of the final. In fairness. And uh, yeah, Trillick went one through the no score up when Lee Brennan, Roy Brennan's brother, um, scored a goal. Lee Brennan actually clicked the first one through, and it was one through the full score. And for a dollar day, Lee Brennan's only 23. Yeah, he seems like he's been on the scene quite a lot. Like, it seems like he's been around an awful long time, and he's a serious talent. Like he's and he's had yeah. an unbelievable championship again. Surely yeah. he has to he has to get back in with Mickey. Like mm, hard to know, you know. I think uh, sometimes once you're out, you're out, you know. It's, <laughs> you have to talk to these people individually, you know, because Ronald Neal left the throne camp and he came back in, and so the Kay Coney, so I suppose there's a, there's a chance, you know, but I think Lee's very suited to the club game, you know, he's, he's not maybe as powerful or fast as some of the you know, great Dublin forwards and whatnot, but he's definitely as skillful as anyone out there. Um, so yeah, Trillick went one through the no score up, and Indiana um, looked very, very nervous in opening changes. They, they haven't actually started that well in any other matches, but Slow, and they were cutting a lot of waves, and um, it looked like it could actually be quite a one sided final early on, to be honest. Man. And what were the what were, who were the key men for Dungannon to, to bring them back into the game? Um, well, actually, um, I think the water break actually helped them, with, and it's actually been quite a big factor in a lot of the games in Toronto. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about other um, counties, but it seems that I suppose it breaks one team's momentum and then lays the dollar team to Get a bit of a grip of things. So you got you got their first point. I, I just I think it was just after the first water break, and I think that settled them a bit. Even though they still weren't playing playing um, brilliantly, but um, I think from early on, I think one man who deserves mention is a is a fellow Matthew Walsh. He was Matty Donnelly, and even when Dunn weren't going well, it was starting to an absolutely brilliant game. Matty Donnelly. I don't know if you'd say he'd mark, he marked him out of us, but he did as well as I think any club player would do them. Matty, so um, I think he deserves a lot of credit. And then uh, Paul Donaghy, he was, um, I think he's a, he was a championship's top scorer. He had 31 points in seven months for the game. Um, he had a good point for Trillick to kind of set themselves. And uh, in behalf of him, it was a low scoring game. So even though Trillick, even though Gannon, sorry, hadn't really been in it, they were only three points down, I think, at half time. So they probably thought to themselves, Jesus, they haven't performed at all here for only only three points down. And, and all, and uh, then they kind of been the second half, second half anyway. So three points down half time was not like a deal of thing. Some going, and like you said, Dungan have sort of it's a great story. And what are those? What is that story built on? Is it great underage structure, or is it a certain they just have a great team at the moment, or what's behind all the success? Yeah, well, they do have a very young team. I think the starting average starting age today was twenty two, which is obviously. Speaks for itself, and I, I don't think of any players over 30 at all, really. You know, with the new wow. veterans, and uh, I, th- I think their current manager deserves a lot of credit, Chris Rafferty. And he's been, he's been down on himself, he's actually a former chairman of the club, and uh, he's managed them the past two years from their promotion to the senior. And he's got Collie Holmes in him as well. Remember, he played for Thrones during yeah. the Nordies and midfield. Senior. So, there's a couple of good men in lane, which is a good start, and then they have a a lot of young players um, coming through as well. He played brilliant here today. Like there's um, Martin Martin Kearney is a half back. He's 
probably the smallest man on the pitch, but he, he never seems to lose the ball. He's really good uh, couple and brain and the uh, um the Jones brothers, uh, Ryan and Bailey. Uh, I think uh, they're the uh Iggy Jones, he was a grown football back in the day. I think uh, Iggy would be my great grandfather or something like that, you know, so kinda of gone the blood. And uh, and all those lads kinda of come into it um as the game wore on. And I think another reason that uh Lingan and uh, um kinda of came back into it was great substance. And uh, every every game that played they brought on kinda of sent for the cavalry and uh Patrick Quinn and Stephen Morgan come on and and uh, Patrick got to go in the second half which really really brought them back into it. And they went uh, they went two points up at that point and it looked like a all the momentum was in their favour, but in fairness, Philly came back and had four points in a row. Kind of out of nowhere, you know, and I think it'll get lost in all the talk of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, Philly got it. They scored four points in a row, and the young lad is 17, really. He's heavily involved in a lot of laps, so uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit for it. But in the last five minutes or so, we just you know, kind of held their daughters off when it happened, kind of stuff. But, um, Trulloch actually, yeah, Trulloch snatched the door right there, and that's always been the case in the, in the championship in the world of action when they actually came. But did it say, did it say Trulloch, I mean, when Gannon got the final point, it's been the same in every match, and in the championship, Gannon has always got the last point, the same game at the extra time, which uh, I suppose says something about the character that we have. Absolutely, and it came down to, came down to a riveting penalty shootout. A lot of penalties. Give, give, give us the, I suppose, the brief rundown of, of how it went. Yeah, yeah, they're um, paying penalties. Well, yeah, pay, they're paying penalties on each side. You know, the five lads took penalties that are still equal, and then the five lads had to take them again. The way it is, I don't know, I don't know who came up with that idea, but that, that's the way it was. And I actually, actually read there that I think Gannon had missed that last penalty, you know, like Jim Barker scored to win the game. It would have um, gone to replay at that point. The county board was ready to um, step in and announce a, announce a replay. So, wow. I suppose to show, yeah. And uh, it came out how the penalties panned out. Did you see them at all? Or did you them? We missed them. We were, we were doing this. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of really good penalties, in fairness. Um, most of them were in the, the bottom, bottom corner, you know. And uh, quite a lot of people... In, Better or given out about the fact that there's penalties in the first place. So it's a little bit, a little bit cruel and amateur um, sportsmen, and I kind of go along a lot to be honest. You know, I think um, you know, particularly the fact you had to have those penalties twice. You know, like I think, I think it was Felix Star Gallagher who missed the final penalty, then when Gannon scored the next one and won, and he'd actually scored the penalty already, and then he goes and misses the second penalty, and then Liam Barker goes and uh, scores the winner, and here was actually the family scored the winner in the. It's a great finish to a, a great Toronto Championship, to be honest. Um, 
has there been any like bolters for that Mickey might be able to look look out for for the upcoming intercounty? It's hard to tell because what happens is a club player will play great in a couple of club matches and then people think he's in stands through the throws, pack and rolls, but it doesn't always work out like that, obviously. But there's probably a few that called on him from down there and uh, he's top score in the throws championship, but he was relatively quiet today. And uh, I'm trying to think of a couple of the top of my head, but Mickey Hart's been a man. Like, I think at the stage of the season, he's a wee bit conservative. He doesn't mind me saying, I, I don't know if he'll. Uh, I don't know if you're bringing many, uh, many lads in this stage, and, but I suppose what, what all the Tron fans are wondering is the same problem with Ireland coming to the senior. I think that's what we're all, uh, we're all thinking about. Um, I know, I know um, if he was to be called back, then I don't think he'd be in just yet. You know, because he'd get himself in the back there and go back and he has to sell for a fortnight anyway in the back training. So yeah. it'll probably be next year, but I think that's what the Tron fans are most excited about. And funny enough, St. Gannon was able to last year already. Count them in on their panel at all, which is pretty hard to believe. Um, other than enough, he's a captain, he was, he did play for Throne, but the, um, the panel early last year, and I think that's been a big boost for them down and have them playing every match and whatnot. Yeah, yeah well, look, even if they, get, if, they, if they get Connor in for uh, just for the training, for training purposes, um, great to get him inside the panel. But listen, Nal Garland of Gaelic Live, that has been fantastic. Thanks for your uh, time. Thanks, no problem. Good to chat about it. Helps us such a great match. You, know, you can talk about all night. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, Noel. All right. So we have new winners in Mayo. Uh, Bravey and Knockmore was on today, and Knockmore won 12 to 13 points. John Gunnigan from the Mayo GA blog is here to talk about the game. John, how are you? Hi, guys. How you doing? All good. So you, you predicted Knockmore beforehand. I should have put my money on it. <laughs> So should I, but so should I. It, 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 it was only a very tentative nod, as you, as you recall, because I did genuinely find them very hard to, to separate. And I think the same was true as the game was going on today, because it, it kind of swayed back and forth. And, you know, at different times, I thought, you know, early on, I thought, oh, yeah, for sure, Blackmore are going to do it. And then my half time, I thought, oh, for sure, Brafey are going to do it. You know, so it did... It swayed back and over, and and uh, you know what was decisive in the end was was how Knockmore came so impressively in the second half, and uh, and then defended the lead that they built up. So yeah, so they're very very worthy winners for sure. Because I think John Casey tweeted after the game about his old mate, uh, his old teammate Ray Dempsey, that you know that his charges were were fully deserving of the title because they, they they'd taken out the county champions, then they'd beaten Ballina, who seemed to be the coming team. And now they've beaten Brafey in the final, so so absolutely deserving champions. Yeah. So where do you think the key battles were today? Uh, won and lost, uh, especially for where won for Knockmore. One, one in the forwards clearly, because I mean they the uh, if you look at Darren McHale, one four from from play. Uh, Peter Nocton, I think, got three points. One of those was was a forward mark, two from play. Uh, Aidan Norm got two points as well. So they the, and Keith Rutledge got two as well. So you know the the forwards showed up. And 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 they largely won those battles, and I, I think to some degree that must answer the question of of where was Kevin McLaughlin, because um, I think it would have been very difficult in advance to see Knockmore winning that game and Kevin McLaughlin not being a major influence in the match, and he wasn't. Um, now, I mean, it's difficult when you're watching on television just to get the full nuances of what are going on. But you could imagine that Brafey obviously 
had a, had a detail on him, and he seemed to be to be taken out of the game. But clearly, they left enough gaps that the other lads were able to to exploit. And between them, Mikhail and and Nocton were were sensational at times. I think the other big battle as well seemed to be at the other end of the field between uh, Dave Mikhail and and Aidan O'Shea, and Aidan didn't really have the best of that either. You know, so um, so yeah, I mean, a great team performance by by Nocton. You mentioned Darren McHale there. He said 1-4. Uh, mm. A name I wouldn't have been very familiar with before this year's championship. Was, would he come on James Horne's radar maybe a bit more? Or has well, he, he, he might. Time? I mean, the, the, this is, the, this is the, the odd thing on and, and I guess the, the, the temptation always is when, you know, at the end of a club season is, you know, or even as a championship is going on, is, is you know, where are the, the, the diamonds in the rough here and get, are there players we can use? I think because of the unique situation we have this year, that we have a really compressed championship. There's, a, there's an argument to be said to go with the guys who are in form, <laughs> you know. And I mean, look at who is it like the likes of like Nocton Orm and and uh, um, Michaela are absolutely flying at the minute. Yeah, yeah, and obviously for Brafey, <laughs> it's hard not to feel bad for them. Oh, Jesus, yeah, it, four it, finals it, now they've lost. Four, yeah. And I was just saying this, this evening, like for for Aiden and Shamey, it's it's. Four club finals and four All Ireland finals since you know the first obviously the first All Ireland in Intercounty was twenty twelve. Which but if you look at you know having lost finals, the, the, I don't think hardly a year has gone by without them losing a final of some sort, which is uh, which is which is just shocking altogether for such and they're such incredible competitors both of them and and have come so close you know in 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 many cases both both club and, and a county. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they really can have too many um, complaints about today because not more just seem to have their number. I mean, there was a period there but around half time where it looked like Brave were were on top. Aidan Norm was off on a black card at that stage and they had an opportunity to push on. They went two up, but uh, Robbie Henley missed two fifties um, and they didn't punish more the way you really should be able to do when you're a man up. Now, I think Knockmore were a little bit fortunate that the black card came. It straddled half-time, so, you know, they were able to not quite run down the clock, but there was less action than maybe there would be on a, on a, on a straight 10 minutes. But when you think about it, they were, they were, they were two down when Orm went off on the black card. They were only one down when he came back on, and really when he came back on, they started to motor. You think nerves maybe got the brave feeling as they were getting closer to the finishing line? It's it's hard to know really. Was it was it nerves or just I don't know the full horror of what was about to 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 emerge? Yeah. But um, but I I actually thought they were quite a, a little bit naive in a way in terms of for a team with such experience. If you look at the the last five minutes and there was about seven or eight minutes of, of injury time, they were trying to run the ball through the Knockmore defence with these little sort of necklaces of, of hand passes. Mm. And it just wasn't going to work. Like, you know, Knockmore were really well organised defensively and, and they just came up against the wall. And then every time the ball was turned over, there was a huge boost for Knockmore. And they just seemed to run out of ideas. Mm. Um, and not Knockmore, you know, they, they were just so well drilled. And in, in the end, I think they fully deserved the win. They probably didn't utilise Aidan O'Shea enough, really, did they, inside in situations like that? Yeah, well, it, it's difficult to know because, you know, I mean, the, the big man in the square is a bit of an obvious yeah. 
one, you know, and it's usually one out of desperation as, as, as much as anything else. It just didn't seem to have the, the, the ability even to, to get the, the points from, they needed to be able to score from 30, 40 yards at that stage. Mm-hmm. And they did have time, like they weren't that, they, were, they only lost by two. Yeah. But, um, but, but continually running as it almost like rugby league or something like just sort of you know just running in lines and then coming against the wall and that not working and running again and that not working that's you know it was it was just just a little bit too predictable mm. uh whereas not more tended to shoot on sight and, and some of the points they got were sensational mm. Nocton's last point was just out of this world yeah, and uh and and that's just you know you just you got the ball in a good position one look bang you know, no waiting, and it was just uh, it, that's how you win games. Like I said, John, it's it's more they're it's more efficient. Like Brave mm. had the plan, plan A, and when Plan A didn't work. They seemed to just try Plan A again a bit more. Yeah, and would, that seemed to be the like the difference. Yeah, it seemed to be, and you know, I think it was striking as well as that. Like Brave, Brave were the team with the with the the county players, if you like, you know, and and they didn't. They didn't do it today, you know. The the two O'Shea's, they had they had Matty Rowe, and Matty was probably the best, the best of the of those. Michael Hall has obviously played for me as well, and and Robbie Henley as well. So you would say they've they've more big game guys, you know. And of course Conor O'Shea as well, who was who was part of the Mayo team for for a number of years. So they had they had five or six there of lads who who had serious big game experience. But when push came to shove, it was it was it was the kids from Knockmore who who did the business. I know we're speaking in hypotheticals here uh, and there's going to be no Connacht uh, Club Championship mm. but do you think they'd be not more being a more of a team team unit would they be would they run run Currafin close if it's very it's very hard to know it's very hard to know because I mean Currafin are just so incredibly mm. well drilled aren't they mm. incredible um, team yeah yeah I mean Ballantower were decent champions always in Mayo and they just they never they never really could get near Currafin you know so um it, it's difficult to know. I, I mean, it's such a pity that they don't get the chance, though, isn't it? I, I think, I oh, think yeah. for all of, for all of the uh, all of the county champions this year, I think I think uh, you know everyone has. Uh, <clears throat> I think I think everyone has has been taken so much by the, the club action this year. That it, yeah, it, absolutely, it, it and it's just nice to see the story go on. Yeah, and it, it it just stops so abruptly now. It's just that's that's the end of it. It's the cutoff. But I suppose we can look forward mm-hmm. to the intercounty season and. I think you you touched on it there briefly about picking it in form, and I think mm-hmm. managers would be very wise to to do that this year. You've already highlighted one player mm-hmm. from Knockmore who maybe picked on on form. Are there any more from recent games that might be able to squeeze their way into James Horne's plans? Well, it, it it is difficult to know, and I think it, it's said it's always tempting to to shoehorn one into the other. I think I think it is more difficult. To, to to break into a country panel and to be absolutely ready for it. And there are guys who can be really um, stars at club level, but it just doesn't work at, at county level because it's it's a different kind of dynamic. Um, I do think this year, because it's it's knockout, I think managers will take risks. I think I think they have to, and and, and I think they'd be well advised. Yeah, because they don't really have the opportunity because it's a truncated season that players can't play themselves into form now. It's, it's, it's do or die on the day and well, the championship's going to be over in eight well, yeah, weeks, I mean, realistically. You could have an established player who's just, who's just injured, you know, and, and, and won't be back. And also, if it looks like, you know, county panels are only going to be 32, 
you want the best, you want really, you know, the 32 who are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. Absolutely. John, thanks for that. That was a brilliant chat. Okay, thanks a million, guys. Thanks Thank a million.